0: Good morning. morning. I uh, loved the cheerful singing on that first hymn about Jesus coming again. It sounded like you actually believed it. Like you were actually looking forward to it. Praise the Lord. Okay, uh, we're in Exodus looking at character studies in the Old Testament. We're looking at the life of Moses. We took a slight departure last week by looking at the life of Pharaoh great way to study a long section like this we're on the uh plagues and deliverance section which almost runs 20 chapters and one of the uh great ways of studying a long section like that is to follow a thread through it so last week we just followed the thread of pharaoh if you remember we didn't read the whole section and it's amazing the insight you can get into a person's life and certainly into the way the lord works and uh you remember we of course the the dominant theme last week was pharaoh hardening his heart remember scary thing because we saw at a certain point that pharaoh didn't know it was about to happen but god hardened his heart at which point it was too late for pharaoh and we saw those amazing words that pharaoh uttered i think it was in chapter 10 where he said to moses and aaron i have sinned against the lord your god and against you that's an incredible statement you're not going to find that in the hieroglyphics of the temples in egypt only here in the word of god for pharaoh to say something like that and it was because god had convinced him of his sin by the works that he had been doing and you know we sometimes think about great rulers like that and and uh how they do terrible things to people and you know, it's like they don't even care. But in this case, God had gotten through to this man. It's clear because of what he said. Because nowhere had Moses or Aaron said, you know, you've really sinned here. You never see that in their words. It was God that had brought him to that point. And he realized at some time that uh, what he had done was wrong to the Israelites. It it had dawned on him. And the way he had treated moses and aaron by lying and deceiving them he realized it was wrong what an incredible thing but at that point he had an option that we have when god shows us something wrong that we've done he could either acknowledge it or he could deny it well it's clear that god had shown it to him much earlier and he'd been fighting against it and had been denying it until god had hardened his heart and then when he finally acknowledged it it was too late So that was a warning, uh, that was an example to, uh, not follow last week, Pharaoh. We need to have a tender heart toward God. When he speaks to me or when he speaks to you about sin we've done, you know, and you still hear his voice, like it says in Hebrews, today, listen to him and do something about it, you know. Say you're sorry. (laughs) Acknowledge it. Like David when he said, uh, when I was silent, your hand was heavy upon me for my groaning all day and all night. I'm talking about the hand of God convicting him of sin. And he said, well, I was silent. In other words, I knew what I'd done was wrong, but I didn't want to acknowledge it. Can you relate to that? It's hard to do, isn't it? Three hardest words in the English language to say, I was wrong. You know? And that's what David, when I was silent, I was fighting God. He said, but when I acknowledged my sin, God forgave my iniquity and he begins this song by saying how blessed is the man uh whose sin is forgiven it means literally how happy better to be happy well this week we're going to follow the thread uh, through the same section but now we're going to be looking at different verses because we're going to follow the thread of moses and it's a wonderful thing because we're going to see literally before our eyes this man grow in the lord remember we saw that with abraham it's so exciting to literally see a man or a woman in the Scripture start out at square one with the Lord and grow and get stronger in their faith and see God use them in a mighty way. And we're going to see that with Moses. It's wonderful. In fact, we're going to see uh, two little verses that would typically escape our attention in a quick reading, but they're like little snippets um, in, a, in a scrapbook that parents have of a child, you know, like baby's first step. Or baby's first tooth. We're going to see that with Moses. Okay, so uh, let's go back now. We're just a quick back step to pick up where we left off, Chapter Four of Exodus. And remember, where Moses begins. Who am I? I'm a nobody. And the implication by that, he's arguing with God. And he's saying, look, it can't be done. I'm a nobody. Find somebody else. The implication in that is, is that I can't do it. Even though you're in it, you can't do it either. Right? Over and over, God kept saying, I will, I will, I will. Has nothing to do with you. (laughs) It's me. Moses wouldn't get it. And yet, you know, we're like that. And God is so patient with us. And we're going to see that with moses because i don't know if you ever noticed before but moses starts out he basically wants to pass the buck find somebody else that's what he says right have you ever noticed who ends up being the main guy moses no not aaron we're gonna see that moses ends up doing all the things that god had planned for him as god carefully brings him along the way and you'll see it unfold as we go through this uh, chapter 4 verse 13 here here it is this is moses's uh last plea with god after all the wrangling for two chapters you know don't you hate that when somebody puts up all these objections you know and you think well okay when we get to the last one then they'll do it right and moses put up all these objections and then when god had answered them all he says oh my lord please send by the hand of whomever else you may send." in other words forget it. i don't want to do it you get somebody else now, I don't know if you noticed, but God has already in his response here, even though he's angry with Moses, he's already uh, begun to arrange it so that Moses is going to be the guy. I don't know if you noticed that. Let's read it again. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, is not Aaron, the Levite, your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. You see that? Aaron's the eloquent one, a great speaker, apparently. And Moses is convinced that that's what it's going to take. Since God's not going to do it by revolution to get the people out of the land, he's made it clear it's only going to be by speaking to Pharaoh, speaking. Okay, well, we need a great speaker then. That's what Moses is thinking. And he thinks of great, eloquent uh, brother Aaron. But if you notice, God has basically neutralized his eloquence, hasn't he? Is there, is there room for this guy to come up with his own words? Yes? No? Look, you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. <laughs> and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. Whoa. God's going to speak to Moses first, going to give Moses the words that Aaron is going to say. Then Moses is going to tell those words to Aaron, and that's exactly what Aaron is going to say. Wow. You see, God is is not going to rely on anybody's eloquence. They'd get the glory. It's God who gets the glory. And so already he's arranged it. So the okay, fine, uh Moses, you want you want an eloquent guy, we'll get Aaron. I don't know if Moses even noticed here that it doesn't make any it could have been uh an eight-year-old, you know, somebody who knows how to talk. It didn't have to be anybody eloquent. the point is god is patient with moses you know he could have just said forget it okay you don't want to do it i'll get somebody else but uh, he's patient with his man and he's going to teach moses a lesson here it's a very simple lesson that it's not uh, the important thing is not the man who's doing it it's the god of the man who's doing it and moses is going to learn that okay so first first scene here first experience uh with moses and aaron is in chapter 4 verse 29 <clears throat> after moses and aaron meet on the back side of the desert they get into egypt and uh, verse 29 then moses and aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of israel and aaron spoke all the words which the lord had spoken to moses then he did the signs in the sight of the people so aaron's doing the stuff you know moses is is where he wanted to be okay fine i'll I'll be happy to sit in the back seat here. I just don't want to be the main guy. So the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked on their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshiped. Looks good at this point, doesn't it? Now, I don't know if you remember, but in that long discussion between the Lord and Moses, all all the later stuff in there, where uh, Moses made an objection and God answered him and so on. They were conditions that Moses really added to what God had required. If you remember, God said at the outset, I'm going to send you. Just go. The main thing is, I'm behind this thing. And that's all he needed to know. And if you remember, he added three... Moses was convinced not enough. And he was the one that added the three conditions. Not the Lord. The Lord accommodated him. If you remember uh one of them was uh, what if the israelites don't don't heed me you know what if they don't believe that that you sent me moses is convinced that he needs to have the following of the people does he (laughs) is he going to have it uh like this huh now here we see it of course If Moses were to rely on the support of the people, he would have quit after day one. Okay, God knew that. Moses didn't realize that. He needed to learn it. So that's the first condition he'd put on. He's going to have to learn real fast. That's not why you serve the Lord, because you're popular. (laughs) Uh, Another condition that he had added was, uh, well, I need a miracle, a sign of some kind, you know, to convince everybody that you sent me you think that's going to do it it doesn't do it you're going to see that Uh, and then finally the one we just talked about he's convinced that god needs an eloquent speaker well we already know in fact not only is that not a good thing it's, it's going to get in the way it's a bad thing but right now things are looking good the sun is out the people love moses they love aaron you know praise the lord we're about to get out of here And Moses is probably thinking, wow, this is a lot easier than I thought. I have a feeling that even at this point, he's beginning to wonder, you know, why we need Aaron. Because Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Okay. Nothing original here. Anybody could have done that. Okay. Um, The next experience now is when they finally go to pharaoh now first encounter with pharaoh and this is what moses was really afraid of remember he said who am i i can't i can't speak to that he's a great man you know chapter five verse one afterward moses and aaron went in and told pharaoh thus says the lord god of israel let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness and pharaoh said who is the lord that i should obey his voice to let israel go i do not know the lord nor will i let israel go so they said the god of the hebrews has met with us please let us go three days journey into the desert and sacrifice to the lord our god lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword and of course uh you know the story that instead of getting closer to uh the desired result pharaoh actually made things worse by demanding that they produce more bricks without straw and so uh, in verse 20 we see the leaders of the uh, israelites these are other israelites themselves guys that the egyptians had set over them and they're coming and complaining instead of things getting better they're getting worse welcome to being a leader verse 20 then as they came out from pharaoh they met moses and aaron who stood there to meet them and they said to them let the lord look on you and judge because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. What happened? I thought the people were for him. Well, there goes that one, huh? That lasted about one day. So Moses, he's learning here. You know, you either depend on the people who are like this, in fact, the opinion of the people can change probably faster than the public opinion polls of a candidate for office during an election. You don't rely on that. You rely on God. God is the one who doesn't change. And that's what Moses is going to learn here. Well, <clears throat> Moses is still young in the Lord, so be patient with him. Because he does a he does a naughty thing here. Look at his response. Uh, verse 22. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, <clears throat> Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. Whoa, Okay, like I said, be understanding. He's a a young young believer here. Big question, why? Right? He looks at the situation and he doesn't understand what God is doing. Therefore, there's something wrong. And God needs to explain to him why he's doing what he's doing because Moses does not approve. You ever done that? (laughs) He doesn't know the big picture and he doesn't need to know the big picture. Uh, it is amazing to me the incredible patience of God, and boy, this ought to encourage us all. Um, he had, if we went back and read chapters uh, 3 and 4, you'd see how patient God was, and how he stated over and over again, I will deliver them, I will deliver them, I will take them into the land, I promised it, I'll keep my word. That's all he needed to know. Just like all we need to know is what we sang earlier. Jesus is coming again. And if you're a Christian, you will be with him forever. That's all I need to know. Do you know that? All the in-between stuff, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. God does, but I don't need to know that. And so that's all Moses needed to know. But he wanted more. He wanted to know everything that was going to happen. And as soon as something looked like it was going wrong, he gets upset. God so patiently answers. And he takes uh, quite a long section here to answer Moses. But I want you to notice verses 6 through 8 again god just says over and over again i will i will i will just like he did back in chapter 3 look at this chapter 6 verse 6 god's god says therefore say to the children of israel i am the lord i will bring you out from under the burdens of the egyptians i will rescue you from their bondage and i will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land, which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. And he closes the same way he opened. I am the Lord. Is there any waffling in there? Is there any conditions or any maybes? No. Now, that's all Moses needs. That's all you and I need. And it seems that uh, Moses was probably encouraged. He went and and he spoke to the children. I can just see him. Look, the Lord told me it's all going to be all right. You know, verse nine, Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage well that requirement's out the window now moses realizes his his expectation of the support of the people's gone and he's gonna have to make a choice here now by the way he's gonna have to either uh say okay forget it if i haven't got the people behind me this ain't gonna work or he's gonna have to say i'm gonna have to just let the people do whatever they're gonna do and just trust god alone And he consciously chooses the latter. Good choice. Right now, all he has to go on is the word of God. God did not detail exactly how it's going to happen. He just says the end is going to be like this. Okay. Um, So, right this scene, by the way, here in um, uh, chapter 6 now. Let's see. Let's go... Let's look at chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 8. Now, whenever you see Moses and Aaron here, then what that means is that Moses spoke to Aaron and Aaron spoke to Pharaoh for Moses. Moses is not speaking yet. You're going to see that change as we go through this. Verse 8, chapter 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying... When Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and they did so just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. So the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods and Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. Okay, Uh, we're learning here or or Moses is learning, I think, the lesson number two, the sign that he had demanded, if you remember, about the rod. He was convinced if I have a sign, things are going to work out okay. Well, it it didn't. It didn't stick with the Israelites and it didn't work with Pharaoh. What's interesting here is Moses is still going through this, uh, this kind of uh, double speech here, speaking to Aaron, and then Aaron speaks for him. But I think Mo- Moses is beginning to realize that uh, Aaron is really a fifth wheel here of his own adding. Um, okay, verse 14. We have a change here. See if you notice it. So the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go, go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out in the water and you shall stand by the river's bank to meet him. And the rod, which was turned to a serpent, you shall take in your hand and you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you saying, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. But indeed, until now you would not hear. Thus says the Lord by this, you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the waters which are in the river with the rod that is in my hand, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that are in the river shall die, the river shall stink, and the Egyptians will loathe to drink the water of the river. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your rod and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their streams, and so on, over all the waters, and turn them to blood. Verse 20, And Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded you notice something new here moses is speaking and i the lord knew he was ready he says you go and you shall say to him moses and he doesn't get to aaron until it comes time to pick up the rod okay so he's kind of like got aaron there you know as sort of a uh a safety net but really all he's doing is picking up the rod it's moses who's doing the speaking And if you look here, it doesn't take a lot of eloquence to say what God told him to say. And I think God knows Moses is ready for that. It's simple. Just say these few words. And so we have a breakthrough here. Moses is speaking (laughs) to Pharaoh. Wonderful. And he's still got his brother there, you know, good old Aaron, you know, Aaron's right there. My brother, I, I feel better, you know, with Aaron there. You know, part of, I think, Moses' problem was, if you think about it, he was raised uh, as, a, as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had probably seen audiences in the court of Egypt. And uh, audiences then, they probably haven't changed a lot over the years. You know, if you want to make a point, you, the more eloquent you are, the better. You you try to persuade the ruler with all these great, uh you know, flattering remarks. And you go from Dan to Beersheba in your discussion. And finally, you get around to what you want. And if you're eloquent enough, you might persuade him to do what you want. And I think that's what Moses was expecting. You know, a typical audience with Pharaoh. He didn't expect God would have this short and to the point, you know, look, you either let my people go or this is going to happen. And so, uh, he, God is taking him along by the hand here, really. And, and I don't think Moses realizes it, but slowly God is, is bringing Moses into the original role he had planned for him. It's wonderful. Okay, um, chapter 8, verse 1. And the Lord, this is the next, this is plague number two now. The first was the water turned to blood, now we have the frogs. And the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. Notice he's telling Moses now, you go and say this. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all your territory with frogs and so on. Verse 5. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams, over the rivers and over the ponds and cause frogs to come up. So, we're we're now kind of we're getting closer here right moses is now doing the talking and aaron is doing the stretching okay i i don't think moses really is, is even noticed it but god is really using moses now to speak for him and aaron is kind of like the you know the, the helper with the magician that hands him his stuff you know stretching out the rod What I like about this particular plague is verse nine. Pharaoh calls him in and uh, the heat's on. And so he does his routine of, man, you know, uh, please call them off and I'll do whatever you want. In verse nine, Moses's faith is growing here. It says, and Moses said to Pharaoh, accept the honor of saying when I shall intercede for you for your servants and for your people to destroy the frogs from you and your houses that they may remain in the river only. You got that? Moses realizes God doesn't have to do things on a timetable. In other words, you know, we have to wait until a certain... God is so great that Moses realizes Pharaoh can pick the day. You understand? It's great. And so he, he, he says to Pharaoh, you, you have the honor of picking the day when I'll go pray for you and call the frogs off i like that god likes it too by the way uh so pharaoh uh i don't know why he waits he says tomorrow and he said moses says let it be according to your word this is very important that you may know that there is no one like the lord our god that's that's key that's moses is saying that from the heart okay and, and by the way, this is very important. Somewhere along the way, Moses has had to make the choice that every uh, young man or young woman or old man or old woman, for that matter, has to make in the service of the Lord. Uh, particularly when you get a victory or or uh, you do something that, you know, wow, that was really cool, you know. And that is to immediately realize that it was all God and none of you and that he deserves all the glory. Or to say wow look at me look what i did everybody has to go through that and moses had to and moses as we're going to find out it's very clear in exodus and the rest of the books of the bible he made the choice of i'm still a nobody but my god is everything and he constantly gives glory to god in fact later uh we saw it in the passage that michael went through it said moses was the most humble man on the on the face of the earth god doesn't exaggerate Man, what a perfect leader. huh? What a perfect servant of God. No no pride, you know, no little grabbing of the glory there. It all belonged to God. Through his whole service for God, he maintained his humility. Perfect combination. And here you see it come out here. the, The importance here, Pharaoh, is that you understand that we have a great God. That you understand who God is. And the frog shall depart, he says. Okay, um, the, there's a wonderful verse in here. Yes, there it is. They went out from Pharaoh, verse 12, and look at verse 13. So the Lord did according to the word of Moses. You catch that? He doesn't say that any place else. In fact, if you read the Old Testament, there's a phrase that occurs over and over and over again in the prophets. And in fact, in this very book, so, so, and did according to the word of the Lord. And that's important. God is stressing that they obeyed God, that they did what he said. Let me give you an example. Turn to uh, chapter 40 right here in Exodus. This is the building of the tabernacle. And if you remember, it takes chapters for God to describe all of the details of the tabernacle. The interesting thing about it is that when moses goes to build it god repeats every single step again when moses does it so not only do we have this huge section multi-chapters on building this this building but then we have the same section repeated again when moses does it well First of all, why is it so important? Well, because it's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the second section is, is important because of Moses' following the word of God. For example, chapter 40, uh, verse 16. Thus Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. Verse 19, as the Lord had commanded Moses. 21, as the Lord had commanded Moses. 23, 25, 27. 29, 32, over and over again, as the Lord had commanded Moses. It's important. It's important to the Lord. Here we have an incredible statement back in verse uh, 13 of chapter 8. So the Lord did according to the word of Moses. Isn't that great? It's not that God was obeying Moses. He was honoring the faith of Moses. And this is one of those little entries in the scrapbook where God is saying, He's, he's really honoring the faith of Moses. And it's like baby took his first step, you know. It's great. God could have just said, you know, and, and God uh, did it and revealed himself. But he, he mentions uh, that it was Moses who put the stipulation of picking the day with Pharaoh. And God honored that. I love that. Okay, uh, verse 20. plague number four and the lord said to moses rise early in the morning and stand before pharaoh as he comes out to the water then say to him thus says the lord let my people go that they may serve me again moses is now the spokesman and uh, aaron is the the rod holder the stretcher what's interesting about this plague is that now moses is kind of put to a test verse 25 then pharaoh called for moses and aaron and said go sacrifice to your god in the land sounds great at last pharaoh has agreed right no that wasn't god's original idea go out of the land and sacrifice right what's moses going to do He's anxious to get out just as much as anybody else. OK, and if we can go up, you know, into northern Egypt instead of uh, wherever else, that's fine. Let's just let's just do it. This is good enough. No. Verse 26. And Moses said it is not right to do so. For we would be sacrificing the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. If we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, then will they not stone us? we will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he will command us. Isn't that good? That's exactly what God had commanded. And Moses is not willing to budge an inch from what God had said. I don't know. He may not be eloquent, but he's a a pretty bold guy when it comes to the things of the Lord, isn't he? Okay. Um, Yeah, verse 29, it's interesting. A little insight into Moses at this point. Then Moses said, Indeed, I am going out from you, and I will entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart tomorrow from Pharaoh from his servants from his people. But let Pharaoh not deal deceitfully anymore in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. Is that interesting? I, I think it's partly he wants to get on with it. He wants to go. But he's also... He's boldly rebuking Pharaoh. This guy he was afraid to even speak to before. He's challenging him now. You're seeing boldness here based on his faith in his God. Okay. Um, Chapter 9. In verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord God again. Moses is is just the spokesman. But in verse 8, uh that was the livestock now comes the boils look at what god says so the lord said to moses and aaron take for yourselves handfuls of ashes from a furnace and let moses scatter it toward the heavens in the side of pharaoh and it will become fine dust in all the land of egypt and cause boils and so on then they took the ashes verse 10 and stood before pharaoh and moses scattered them toward heaven yeah now aaron is doing something uh, pardon me moses he's not only speaking He's the guy that scattered the ashes. So Aaron is slowly uh, just kind of becoming unnecessary here. And Moses is beginning to do all the things that God wanted for him. Okay, uh, chapter 9, verse uh, 13. This is uh, the hail and the fire. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Moses is talking again. Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. And uh, now down to verse uh, 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt on men on beast. In verse 23, Moses stretched out his rod toward heaven. It's all Moses now. Moses is doing the speaking and he's doing the stretching. It's wonderful uh verse uh, 27 this is that verse we referred to earlier where pharaoh uh, acknowledges his sin sent and called for moses and aaron and said to them i have sinned this time the lord is righteous and my people and i are wicked this entreat the lord that there may be no more mighty thundering and hail for it is enough i will let you go and you shall stay no longer we're going to see here not only is moses now in his confidence in the lord uh learned boldness he's learned discernment verse 29 so moses said to him as soon as i have gone out of the city i will spread out my hands to the lord the thunder will cease and there will be no more hail again notice that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. but notice what else he says but as for you and your servants I know that you will not yet fear the Lord God. He's becoming quite a mature man of God here, isn't he? Uh, Okay, chapter uh, 10. Oh, pardon me. No, I wanted to notice one more thing. The very last verse of chapter 9. Here's the second little entry in the scrapbook of God verse 35 so the heart of pharaoh was hard neither would he let the children of israel go as the lord had spoken by moses and you say well, what's so remarkable about that all the other times when pharaoh had a heart in his heart it says just as uh the lord had spoken to moses it's a it's a subtle little word but it's different here it says as the Lord had spoken by Moses, literally by the hand of Moses. You would think God would continue saying, since he had said it before all this stuff started, look, Pharaoh's going to harden his heart. He's not going to listen to you. And he did every time Pharaoh hardened his heart. It says, just as the Lord had said to Moses. Here, because Moses had said, Pharaoh, you're going to harden your heart. You're not going to listen. God says, just as the Lord had spoken by Moses. Little, little entry no big deal but again he's acknowledging the discernment and the boldness of moses little entry in the scrapbook there okay chapter 10 uh verse 1 now the lord said to moses go unto pharaoh for i have hardened his heart in the hearts of his servants that i may show these signs of mine before him and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son the mighty things i have done in egypt and my signs which i have done among them that you may know that i am the lord So Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me, let my people go, that they may serve me? Oh no! Aaron's back in the act, right? Really, this is the only time later that Aaron is in... And as I thought about it, you know, I think this is the, the, uh, the mercy of God and Moses to let Aaron back in here. Moses realized he doesn't need Aaron. I think Aaron... Uh, was probably feeling a little unnecessary because he was. And so this is the only time in the later uh, plagues that Aaron is involved. And clearly he's speaking this time. But uh, there's a telling verse here in this chapter, and it's verse 7. Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Who is that? It's Moses. That's right. Isn't that interesting? Even though uh it's always been Moses and Aaron present and in fact at the beginning Aaron did all the all the stuff they realize that Moses is God's man. And so they say this man. And then they said uh you know let let them go. That's a telling uh verse there. Okay, verse uh 8 so Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God. Who are the ones that are going? Now, this is a subtle question. And Moses is going to be called upon, on the spot, by the way, on his feet, in the presence of this guy, who's probably the most powerful man in the world. What Moses, what Pharaoh is really thinking of, I'm just going to let some of the people go. And so Moses says, <clears throat> just in case he doesn't get it, Moses said, we will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds we will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Isn't that good? Everybody's going, Pharaoh. (laughs) Interesting, Pharaoh tries to to weasel out of it. He says, uh, verse 11, not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the lord you know if he keeps the women and children back he knows the men are going to have to come back so the answer is of course another plague and moses is doing the stretching here in verse 13 stretches out his rod uh, okay so now we're getting down toward the end end of the um, plagues and here in uh, verse 21 We're really getting into the last interviews with Pharaoh, and it's all Moses. Verse 21, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward the heaven, and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. Well, not surprisingly, 24 Pharaoh calls for him. This is the last interview with Moses. The interesting thing is Aaron is not here. It's just Moses look at pharaoh called to moses and said if you read your bible carefully all the other times he calls for arrow aaron and moses he realizes moses is the guy and he says go serve the lord only let your flocks and your herds be kept back boy sounds good to me what what did god say let my people go right (laughs) just the people leave your flocks and herds here listen to this man now he knows his god Verse 25, you must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. Listen to this. Not a hoof shall be left behind for we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. I love it. Remember, this guy started out. Who am I? Right. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And it's wonderful how God is so gracious in uh, in working with Moses. OK, as I said, that's the last interview. Uh, you see his boldness here. You see his discernment. In verse 28, Pharaoh makes a tragic prophecy. Pharaoh said to him, get away from me. Take heed to yourself and see my face no more. For in the day you see my face, you shall die. Well, it's true in a sense, if he were to see Pharaoh's face again, that might have happened. But uh, Moses tells him plainly, you have spoken well. Not that when I see you, I'll die, but rather, I will never see your face again. He's prophesying now, he's a prophet, you see. Um, Chapter 11, verses 1 to 3 is a little parenthesis there where we find out that the Lord uh, told Moses exactly what to say uh about taking jewelry and so on. What's interesting in this little parenthesis is verse 3. It says, And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. Wow. Now, uh be careful there. If you're a servant of the Lord and he does great things to you, it doesn't mean you're going to be famous. It's because Moses was, okay? Uh, In fact, the Lord Jesus said, uh, if the world hated me, it's going to do what? That's right. He says, so don't be surprised. So expect to be not so popular if you're going to follow the Lord. But here, there were such great things that God did. It doesn't mean that uh, they worshiped moses or thought that he was wonderful it's just these incredible things that were happening they saw the man too often rather than uh the lord that wasn't moses's fault that was the typical response of people but the point is god had intended to use moses as his man and this statement makes it clear that that's exactly how it happened but it took a while to get there uh, we saw this section last week verse 4 then moses said thus says the lord about midnight i will out into the midst of egypt and all the firstborn in the land of egypt shall die from the firstborn of pharaoh who sits on his throne even in the firstborn of the female servant and so on and uh, verse 8 and all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me saying get out and all the people who follow you after that i will go out then he went out from pharaoh in great anger he has the heart of god we we said that last week the only time in the gospels where it says plainly jesus was angry was when they had hard hearts says he looked around on them on them with anger because of the hardness of their hearts okay um well we'll finish up here because god has really raised up his man and by the way moses can't take credit for anything here can he it's all god it's wonderful Really, all that's happened here is Moses has simply learned to trust the Lord. But because of that now, God has has been able to use him in a mighty way. And he continues to do so. We'll just look ahead now at uh, chapter 14. This is the last miracle. We all know it well, the parting of the sea. And uh, I love this passage for many things. Uh, One of the things is... Aaron is nowhere to be seen. No, not that Aaron is a bad guy or anything. It's just that he was added to accommodate Moses. And here in this wonderful scene, you see the faith of Moses from beginning to end, uh, relying on his God. And this is in spite of the unpopularity with the people. Uh, chapter uh, 14, verse 10. Here's the scene when Pharaoh drew near. Remember, the Pharaoh and his army are coming up. They're like right on the heels of the... Israelites now ready to close in on them when Pharaoh uh, drew near the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold the Egyptians marched after them so they were very afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord then they said to Moses because there were no graves in Egypt have you taken us away to die in the wilderness why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt isn't this the word that we told you in egypt saying let us alone that we may serve the egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness put yourself in moses's shoes for a moment by the way you know welcome to being a leader even a leader of the people of god uh it's amazing how quickly people forget isn't it you know how many How many incredible plagues were there, miracles? Ten, count them, ten. And it's like we're back to square one. Yeah, okay, God could do all that, but, uh, oh, here comes an army. Oh, well, forget it, you know. Praise God. Well, that's okay, because God has his man now, you see. Not that Moses is so great, it's that Moses' faith is in a great God. That's the key. And you're not going to see Aaron here. It's all Moses. Verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Who does that sound like? Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? First word. Look, fear not. Don't be afraid. I love it. Moses isn't afraid. He knows his God. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever wow now of course the lord had prepped him somewhat he didn't tell him exactly how it was going to happen but he said i will deliver you and that was enough for moses and uh, he just speaks out so boldly for the lord the lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace well then god tells him exactly uh, how to do it raise up your staff and uh, part the sea and so on and of course god delivers them with a great deliverance the, the neat thing here is is Moses is standing here and speaking out for God, saying, trust the Lord. He can be trusted. All three of his conditions that he thought were so necessary are gone. Think about it. There's no eloquence here. It's just a simple statement of the greatness of God that he thought was... Aaron's not even here, in fact. Aaron's gone uh, from this scene. He's, he's, he's in the audience listening. Uh, the trust of the people is gone that he thought was so necessary. And there's no sign, by the way. The sign comes later. All he has right now is the word of God that he's going to deliver them. And that's all that Moses needs. Okay, so uh, verse uh, 31. God, of course, you know, uh, parts the sea, destroys the Egyptians. And here we go. Moses is a popular guy again. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant, Moses. That's a fitting end. The Lord and his servant, Moses. God raised the man up that he had originally intended in spite of Moses' fear and objections. And we see here at the end Uh, chapter 15 we're not going to read it it's a wonderful uh song composed by moses by the way you talk about eloquence uh chapter 15 uh one of the most beautiful uh hymns of praise to god from the lips of moses says moses and the children of israel sang the song well they didn't corporately make this thing up moses was the one who originated the song and they and taught it to him and they sang it together but i just wanted you to notice three little highlights here verse two The Lord is my strength and song and He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise Him. Isn't that good? Uh, Verse 11. We still sing this verse today. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? And he ends with... uh, these wonderful uh words in verse 18 the lord shall reign forever and ever amen huh you know we see those words later in the book of revelation when finally and i'm looking forward to that time so much i don't know about you when it says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our god and of his christ and he shall reign forever and ever and here, Moses is looking forward to that time. In, 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 by faith, certainly, he doesn't understand all the ramifications. And the wonderful thing is, we sing those words today, too, in the Messiah. <clears throat> okay, well, isn't that wonderful to see how God takes a nobody? Remember his words, who am I? And the important thing, you know, the psychologist would say, oh man, you know, Moses, you know what, you know what he needs? He's got a bad self-image, you know? he needs to really understand the deep potential that's hidden there uh tap the resources that he doesn't know are lurking deep inside of himself and that's not the answer because in the end Moses is still a nobody okay it's that he realizes how great a god he has that's the that's the difference and it's the same with you and me god wants nobodies that that's the way he gets all the glory you see let's pray lord we just uh, thank you for this wonderful example of moses and really it's the example of our god and what a wonderful god we have we thank you lord how you worked in this man's life and brought him to the point uh, that you had planned for him all along lord we your people do pray too that you would deliver us lord from uh, blah so-so lives lord use us the way you did moses lord we pray that as you used moses you might use us to show the world our god and how wonderful he is in some way but we ask it in jesus name amen